Yo, what's up, family? It's your man, Mo Morris, the one-man army, and welcome to Strictly for the Brothers. You know, brothers, man, I've been thinking about, <coughs> excuse me, I've been thinking about this um, this presentation. It came to me, family, and i just been dancing with it. You know what I'm saying? I've been doing some studying with it, man, just getting prepared for it. But I'm really excited to do the presentation tonight. I, I really am, man. I'm, I'm fired up to do it. I'm about to get into it, you know what I'm saying? And, man, it's just a blessed time. You know, it ain't nothing like reflecting on a great time in history. You know, it ain't nothing like focusing on some positive things that have taken place throughout history. You know... October 16, 1995 was a powerful day in history. It was a powerful day in black history. You know, it's, it's, it's a memory. October 16, 1995 was the Million Man March in Washington, D.C. Now, I remember this. I remember this, man. I remember this. You understand me? I remember this, man. And it was incredible, man. This was 27 years ago, family. It was 27 years ago when they did the Million Man March. And you know, Cass was fired up about the middle, Million Man March, man. They made a movie about it called Get on the Bus. You know, there was a bunch of brothers, you know, taking a trip to Washington, D.C. of all ages. You know what I'm saying? All generations were on the bus. You know, Minister Louis Farrakhan initiated it. You know what I'm saying? Everybody got behind Farrakhan for the Million Man March. Took place in, in Washington. And man, it was just awesome. And then, you know, the numbers, you know, it was, it was a lot of debate about the numbers. Like, you know, you had a group saying it was 400,000 brothers out there, right? Then you had the, the group of brothers and sisters that did the numbers. <clears throat> they said it was 870,000 out there. You know what I'm saying? Give or take 20,000 in each in either direction. You know what I'm saying? So at least 850,000 brothers showed up that day to the Million Man March. And it was a powerful thing, man. It was on television and everybody was watching. And brothers were surprised that that many black brothers came together. It was a powerful thing to see, man. Yes, it was. Yes, it was. Yes, it was. But my question is, what was the real purpose of the Million Man March? Was it all for show? Oh, Big Mo, I can't believe you're going to come like that. I mean, you know, the black man come together and you asking, was it a show? Were you asking, was it sincere? No, I know it was sincere, brother. I know it was sincere. I'm not asking, was it sincere? That wasn't my question. My question is, what was the purpose? You know, so when you look it up, you'd be like, man, what, what, what was the goal of the Million Man March? So when you look around and search, it says the goal was to foster a spirit of support and self-sufficiency within the black community. The goal was... To foster a spirit of support and self-sufficiency within the black community. Whatever that means, right? 
<laughs> what they say to foster a spirit of support and self-sufficiency within the black community. Okay, thank you. Praise God, right? And so then, you know, you keep searching, and you know, they had a poem, the Million Man March poem, and it said the theme of it was that to improve and keep improving yourself and to get African-Americans the rights, social status, and the respect they deserve as long as they earn it. And that last part really blew me out the water. They said, give these black people what they deserve as long as they earn it. And I'm like, man, we as a black people, we still got to keep earning our social status, our rights, and respect. Black folks still got to earn somebody respect. I mean, are we serious? But hey, you know, praise God. It's the Million Man March, right? Okay. So let's talk about the day. It was like a 12-hour event, right? And what happened at the event? Did they, did they have a job summit, you know, where brothers from all across the country can sign up for jobs? Did they have a, you know, did, did they have that? No, man. They had 12 hours of performances and people talking. They had 850,000 brothers in one spot, and all they did was stand up and listen to somebody uh, talk and watch some African dancers. They had 850,000 brothers in one place, and all they could do is talk to them. Man, I look at I look at the power of brothers when we come together and we organize. I think about the four brothers in North Carolina who were college students who decided to change the world and do something about it because they was tired. So they went and sat at the Woolworth lunch counter and changed the world. That was four freshmen from college, right? You look at the Black Panthers. Those was neighborhood niggas. Few of them went to school, came together, organized, put a structure together, and it ended up opening up Black Panther Party campaign headquarters all throughout the country. And after damn sure what 850,000 brothers. But look what happened when brothers organized. So then I get to the 850,000 brothers who came to the Million Man March looking for some change. They were looking to create change. Did they leave with a, with a phone list, a database? Did they leave with a plan? Did they leave with black man, this is where we going? Hell no. Hell no, they ain't had no plan. You understand me, black folks? We got the slogan, we got the symbol, and we got the song, y'all. We got the slogan, we got the symbol, we got the song, y'all. Now I ain't about to sit up here and disrespect the minister, Louis Farrakhan. I'm not. It was his brainchild, and it was all good. Don't get it twisted. 850,000 black men come together in Washington, D.C. was a powerful sight. I'm not going to even begin to try to poo-poo that. I'm not going to act like that's happening every day. I'm not going to act like that wasn't a powerful moment in history. I'm not going to disrespect that. It was a powerful moment in history. It really was. 
It really was. It was really inspiring to see all those brothers out there working together. It really was. It really was. But at the end of the day, brothers, that wasn't enough. The Million Man March lasts 12 hours and it's 27 years later and you can't see no remnants. You can't see no relevance. You can't even feel no impact in 27 years ago from the Million Man March. There wasn't no, no job plan. There was no political plan. It wasn't nothing. It was just a, it was 850,000 brothers listen to somebody sing a song, give a speech, give a slogan for 12 hours. That's not enough. What we need to do is we need to multiply a million times the million man march. A million times a million man march. So what you talking about, Big Mo? I'm talking about we need a million more brothers stacked on top of that million man march, family. So that's two million brothers. And we need to have a plan for those two million brothers to carry into their home, to carry into their school, to carry into their church. To carry into their child school. If you are a teacher, you need to be leading a mentoring program. We need a million times the million man march, and we need an organized plan for the brothers to operate from and stop being satisfied with the symbol, the slogan, and the song. Because that's exactly what happened that day. If you're telling me you read history, it was 12 hours of speeches and performances. Speeches and African dance family. We got 850,000 brothers on deck. And all we can do is have Jesse Jackson, Rosa Parks spoke. You know, all these different brothers and sisters spoke. And praise God for Rosa Parks speaking. Praise God for Sister Park. Praise God. But Rosa Parks speaking ain't got nothing to do with 27 years later, family. Where's the organization? Where's the plan? And don't tell me Louis Farrakhan don't know how to plan. Don't tell me Louis Farrakhan don't know how to plan. Don't tell me Jesse Jackson don't know how to plan. I just walked I, I walk past Operation Push. It looked real good over here on the east side of Chicago in High Park. They got half the block sold up, Operation Push does. So Jesse Jackson know how to plan. They said it was directed by Benjamin F. I know he know how to play it. So they made it seem like a church service. We're going to get up here and do some yelling and some hoofing. And we're going to smack the wall. We're going to beat on some drums. Somebody dance. And then we're going to have a bunch of repeat after me. That sound like church. That don't sound like a plan to revolutionize a black man. Where was the plan at? Where was the plan? That's why we have to go a million times a million man march so we can fire our brothers and sisters up, brothers up and organize them. The brothers were in position to be organized. The brothers were in position to be given details on how to go out and impact your community and how we can start these chapters. The momentum that was built up 27 years ago could have changed the direction of the black man. But when we come forward, when we speak forward 27 years ago, does it even seem, do you even see the Million Man March impact on the community? We had 850,000 brothers in one place and you can't even tell that happened throughout history. They said that 1.5 million brothers registered to vote. 
because of the middle, Million Man March. 1.5 million. You see what happened when you have a plan? You see what happened when you have a plan? Now they said it was the Million Man March. 800, at least 850,000 brothers showed up. But the plan was to get black men political and they registered 1.5 million brothers on the books. So it's not like they didn't have a plan. It's not like they didn't have organization. They just didn't have a plan to better the black community. A, a black man being registered to vote is a very good thing for the black community. It's good, but it's a small part. I will be the first one to stand up and say, black people, we haven't gotten anything in America without a vote. I will say that in public. That is true. We haven't gotten one thing in this country without a vote. So the black man registering to vote, that is a positive. I'm the last person that's going to speak against that. But let me say this too. That wasn't enough. Minister Farrakhan, sir, that wasn't enough. You all didn't have the right plan. And I'm not sitting up here trying to play 27 years ago quarterback. No, that's not what I'm saying. But what I am saying, when we go a million times, a million man march, we're going to have a plan. Brothers, we have to stop accepting people getting up and foaming at the mouth and passing out and passing out the holy water and all that. That's not enough. That's emotion. I'm not in the room to talk about what you call God. I ain't no Muslim. I ain't no Seven Day Adventist. I ain't no Jehovah Witness. I ain't no Pentecostal. I ain't Baptist. That ain't got nothing to do with me, family, because as far as I'm concerned, the makeup on the black man, the black man has impacted this community, has impacted this culture, has impacted this country, has impacted this world from the beginning of time. And if you want to see the hand of the black man and you want to see the impact of black people on this country and you want to you want to show proof that the black man has been all across this world, all you got to do is look at the pyramids. The pyramids ain't connected with no place but Egypt and those brothers and sisters that built those and you got pyramids in Mexico you got pyramids in Iraq you got pyramids in China the black man has been all throughout this country and we got to do more and we need a million times the million man march we need a plan 850,000 brothers they smacked each other on the back they say we shall overcome. They cried. They ate some chicken. And then they went home. Praise God. That's not enough. Do we feel. The Million Man March 27 years ago. We're talking about 850,000 brothers came together. 1.5 million brothers registered to vote. Do we feel. Do we still feel the impact of the Million Man March. And in what way do we feel the it's children on this planet right now? I guarantee it right now. You can go into a fourth grade, hell, you can go in an eighth graders classroom. You can go in an eighth graders classroom. This happened in 1995. This happened in 1995. Right? 1995. Seventh grade what, about 12 years old? So that child was born in 2010. That child was born in 2010. 2010. 2010. 
That was 15 years after the fact, 2010. So a 15, do you think they're a 15 year old? Do you think the majority of 15 year olds, if you ask them what was the Million Man March, that I'm talking about brothers and sisters, teenagers. How many 15-year-olds you think you can walk up to and they can tell you what the Million Man March is? How many 15-year-olds can you walk up to and ask them and they even know what the Million Man March is? We're talking about 27 years later. Hell, how many 27-year-olds know about the Million Man March? Who taught it to them? It's not a play, it's not part of our history. I know for this for damn show, the Million Man March had 850,000 men in it, and I guarantee you that that's not being taught in our schools. I guarantee you that the Million Man March is not being taught in our schools, but they teaching our children about same-sex marriage in the school. And that's a fact. You can foam at the mouth and be mad at me and tell me I talk too much and I'm pushing the envelope. Nigga, I ain't just pushing the envelope. I'm going to burn the envelope. Hell, you talking about pushing the envelope. I ain't pushing nobody else's message, homie. I'm talking to the brothers. This is strictly for the brothers. And I'm here to tell you, brother, that the Million Man March is not a part of the curriculum in the, the Department of Education to teach children about the impact and the influence of the black man in black history. This did not happen during Black History Month. This happened in October of 1995. And you cannot find any trace of the Million Man March in the Department of Education, but you can go to the Department of Education and within their curriculum, they got critical race theory and they got same-sex marriages being taught to our children. And I'm talking about black children. More is being taught to our children about transgenderism, about um, same-sex marriage, then our children knowing their history. And hey, y'all, the only people that should be upset about that are black people. Because don't nobody else give a damn about it. Because it ain't impacting them. You know, when they talk that people of color garbage, they ain't talking about this. That's why I'm saying, if you can't, if you weren't supposed to drink from a colored only fountain, then me and you ain't got nothing in common. I refuse to be grouped in with a group of people that will not respect my history, period. Instead, they want to use our blueprint to get their rights. Hell no. Oh, let's go along and get along. What the hell wrong with y'all? Y'all need to get y'all mind out of that church. Come ye all faithful, and I'll kiss the slave master in the mouth and all that diabolical programming. That's garbage. That's garbage. Anybody that tells you to neglect yourself, to neglect your history, to embrace someone that will kill you is leading you to being a fool. And you don't need to listen to that. What you need to do is multiply a million times a million man march, and that's where we coming from as black men. That's where we coming from as black men. Add one million to one million man march and you got two million brothers. Brothers. And you got two million brothers walking out with a plan for the entire brotherhood. Yeah. There was no need to make a plan because it was all about symbols, slogans, and songs. 
Everybody in the room knew how to organize. Everybody in the room knew how to make something happen. You had rich black men now. You had well-off black men now. You had political black men now. You had wealthy black men now. You had well-to-do black men now. You had connected and plugged men now. You had athletes now. And they left with no plan. That's because it was all about the symbol. It was all about the slogans. And it was about the song. Period. 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 We foam at the mouth about the I Have a Dream speech. But did I Have a Dream really? What did the I Have a Dream speech do? Yeah, we remember it and we said and praise God and we foam at the mouth. But I'm talking about what did it do? I'm going to ask the question again. You look at the march on Washington, right? What was the plan after the march on Washington? Can anybody tell me that? When you read the autobiography of Malcolm X, when you read the autobiography of Malcolm X, Malcolm X talks about how Martin Luther King and them didn't even plan it. They had another whole group, another brothers and sisters that planet. And what happened was the politician in D.C., they got their paws on it, the march on Washington, and they inserted Dr. King in them. They turned it into a civil rights thing because the other brothers and sisters was on that militant. The other brothers and sisters was on that action plan. This is what we going to do. All you got to do is read. Read the autobiography of Malcolm X. Read it. And he will tell you that. Dr. King, that wasn't his idea. Dr. King was inserted as the head of that. Because they wanted, they being the government, the politician, the uh, the handler, you can call it whatever you want to call it. But they inserted Dr. King. I'm not trying to make Dr. King out to be a bad guy. I'm not about to sit up here and disrespect Dr. King and foam at the mouth. It's only a few brothers in my viewpoint that I know of, that I'm researching, it's only a few brothers I put on the level of Dr. King. And the reason I say that, family, is you can say what you want to. You can say he cheated on his wife. You can say this, that, and the third. But you're going to also have to say that that man's house got burned down while his children were there and his wife, and he wasn't even there. That's a fact, too. That's a damn show fact. I don't know where he was sticking his swole at, and that ain't my business. That's his business, his wife's business, the woman's business, and God's business. Praise God. But that ain't my business. But what I do know, they threw a bomb on that man's porch, and that man's house got burned down. I know that. I know that. I know that. And if you can look, if you can look at Dr. King and say house nigga, you and I both know the house nigga ain't get treated like that. The house nigga house didn't get burned down because what made him a house nigga was he stayed in the house of the, the, of the slave master. So the house nigga ain't have to worry about his house getting burned down because he was living with the slave master. So let's watch our mouth when we talk about the great Dr. King and act like he was wow and all this, that, and the third. Because I was listening to the brothers on YouTube talk that thing about um, Dr. Martin Luther King. And I'm, I'm here to look him in the face and ask him the question. How much have you lost for the brothers and sisters? How have you been mistreated for the brothers and sisters? How many people that turned their back on you? Because after they killed Dr. King, yeah, it was some riots in the street. And we can burn something down. Just like for George Floyd, we was around here burning down the sitco. But 
what, what, what we doing with that energy? What was the plan? You know what happened? We got played again. We sat up here and listened to Black Lives Matter. They ain't heard nothing else from them. And y'all was excited because they had some black women in leadership. Remember that? Remember that? But that, but both them sisters and showed sold us short, right? Remember that? Once again, no plan. Black Lives Matters ain't had no plan for the hood. They had a plan on how to get that money in their bank accounts. They had a plan on how to get that money to Democrats. Black Lives Matter gave so much money to Joe Biden, it was ridiculous. All we did was put money in the in the, in the in the war chest of politicians through Black Lives. <clears throat> Excuse me, through Black Lives Matter, and we helped them buy some cribs and some mansions for themselves and their families. Check the record. Check the record. Check the record. Check the record. You know, brothers and sisters, we need to stop being disrespectful to our ancestors, and we need to take heed to what our ancestors said, and we need to start appreciating our presence amongst each other. Ain't nowhere in the world. Let 850,000 brothers be around me. Let 850,000 brothers be listening to me and looking to me. I guarantee you I'm going to have a plan for them. I guarantee you that they're going to be doing more reading in their house with their children. I guarantee you they're going to have their weekends lined up if they just weekend dads. I guarantee you that they're going to have some study lessons and some study plans lined up with their children. I guarantee you that we'll have more fathers volunteering in our schools because we're going to have a plan and we're going to attack education because education is an institution of power. Education has the power to transform your life. So what we're going to do is just like our ancestors did back in the day, it didn't matter if it was a color only sign, a white only sign, it didn't matter if the Klan was walking up and down the street, black folks use education to change our lives. And that is a fact. That is a fact. So let 850,000 brothers come around me. I guarantee that one of the first things we're going to be talking about doing is taking over our children's education. Because one of our elders, Malcolm X, said only a fool will allow his enemy to educate his children. You understand me? You understand me? Praise God for the Million Man March and, and a good day of emotional feeling good. But doggone it, we should have did a little bit more with them 12 hours instead of listening to the uh, the symbols, the slogans, the songs. How many songs got sang that day? Huh? How many speeches were said that day? Huh? Huh? How many symbols did they see, family? Huh? Huh? They say Rosa Parks spoke. Could you imagine seeing Rosa up there? You know, Rosa Parks stood tall for us. They can say whatever they ever want to say, but I'll tell you this. I got some history for you. Miss Gwendolyn Jennings, Miss Gwendolyn Jennings, who in 1854, you know, they talk about Rosa Parks desegregating transportation. Miss Gwendolyn Jennings was the first black person in 1854 in New York City. She pressed, uh, she pressed, she, she sued New York City to desegregate their public transit. And that's exactly what happened. Then Miss Jennings, she was a school teacher. Then she turned around and opened up the first kindergarten for black people in the state, in the city of New York. And she lived on 41st Street. Now that's a history they don't tell us about. We don't know nothing about Miss Jennings. And she got the public transit in New York. 
She got that desegregated. I think that, and that, that happened a hundred years before Rosa Parks, and we ain't never heard about Miss Jennings. We ain't never heard about Miss Jennings. You know why we ain't never heard about Miss Jennings? Because we are expecting our enemy to teach us our history. And if you're expecting anyone to teach you your history, what you are doing is you are limiting yourself to the preparation of that individual or those individuals. When you take command of your history, your history is your responsibility. The teaching of your history is your responsibility. The learning of your history is your responsibility. No one is responsible for you learning except you. You know, you can look at my, my mama's supposed to have, yeah, your mama only got so much to go. Family, you know you black, you know you got history, we got the internet, get your thumbs to walking, family, get your fingers to walking for you so you can learn about who you are and your people. Huh? We ain't trying to hear that though, are we? We ain't trying to hear that though, are we? Brothers, enough of the symbols, the slogans, and the songs. Enough. Enough. It's more to being a black man. It's more to being a black person than coming together and listening to the same slogans, symbols, and songs. Brothers, if we want two million brothers to come together and to make a difference and to walk out on cold and to walk out on a plan, we got to be committed to that. We got to start building up towards that. Because 27 years ago, 850,000 brothers came together and when they left and they departed from each other, they didn't have a plan. The Million Man March was incomplete. The, thank God for the brothers that was out there. Praise God to 850,000 brothers. Praise God. But the Million Man March was incomplete. The Million Man March let 850,000 brothers come together, fellowship with each other, then leave and they left without a plan. The Million Man March was incomplete. Because you don't even know the Million Man March happened, family. Half y'all forgot about the Million Man March. I just brought something back up that you forgot about. You know I ain't lying. The Million Man March was incomplete. And the Million Man March was incomplete because the organizers of the Million Man March was more focused on symbols, slogans, and songs Instead of coming up with a plan for 850,000 brothers to move forward with, to go back to their families with, to go back to their communities with, to go back to their churches with, to go back to their schools with, to go back and organize to handle their community leaders, their politicians with. But there was no plan for the brothers. And the reason it was no plan, because there was no preparation of a plan. There was no expectation of a plan. Because what all we was focused on was slogans, symbols, and songs. And that makes the Million Man March incomplete. And for the brothers that try to take offense, I ask you, because you might know more. You were there. Tell me what plan that you all walked away with that was supposed to be worked upon with brothers from all across the country to help black folks get the support and self-sufficiency within the black community and to also help African-Americans with their, their rights, social status, and the respect they deserve as long as they earn it. Black people, I'm going to ask you something. Have we not earned our rights? 
Have we not earned our social status? And have we not earned the respect that should come with being an American? The respect that should come with being the inventors, basically, of this country? This country moves off, this country functions off the mind of black men and women. And that is a fact. And instead of having brothers stand around for 12 hours listening to slogans, symbols, and songs, we need our brothers organizing, making a plan to make a difference in the black community. And when we begin to focus on organization and planning and being strategic, instead of focusing on songs, symbols, and slogans, what we will be doing is moving our people forward by empowering our black man to lead his community. Peace. I'm your man, Mo Morris, the One Man Army, and thank you for listening to Strictly for the Brothers. Peace. What up, Chicago?